Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. The truck that went to Victory Lane last year with Todd Gilliland looks like it's going back to Victory Lane this afternoon here in Coda. Off turn 15, underneath the Echo Park Bridge, Zane Smith looking for the checkered flag here in Coda. Took matters into his own hands with a four-wide maneuver to get the lead, and he is comfortably out front. Nobody close enough to challenge whatsoever. He's out of 18, downshifting twice into the 19, and now he'll work into turn number 20. Zane Smith on his way to victory here at Coda. Here comes Zane Smith setting up up for the final time through turn 20. The front three tangled up in turn 11. Zane Smith darted to the inside to take the lead. He'll rocket up the front straightaway. Checkered flag in the air. Zane Smith wins at Circuit of the Americas. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you after our first road course race of the year. The NASCAR Cup, the NASCAR Xfinity, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, all racing over the weekend at Circuit of the Americas. In the Cup Arena, it was Trackhouse Racing. And Ross Chastain going to victory lane. The team principal, Justin Marks, will join us on this show after scoring that first win at Coda. We'll also hear from defending NASCAR Cup Series champion, Kyle Larson. He's been having some struggles of late. We'll check in with Kyle. Also, Dave Moody and Alex Hayden will join me for a NASCAR Live Fast Forum. We'll discuss matters so far this season. Plus, we'll preview this weekend's racing at Richmond with a special look at Friday night's Wheeland Modified Tour race and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle? Mike, the NASCAR Cup Series not only saw its third first-time winner of the season on Sunday at the Circuit of the Americas with Ross Chastain, but also the continued streak of top five finishes for second-year team Trackhouse Racing. Team co-owner Justin Marks believes that much of the team's success stems from the new Cup Series race car allowing to showcase the true talents of the people driving and working on them. I think a lot of it has to do with this car showcasing the talent of the people behind it. It's a car that shines when people work together and really try to prepare well and methodically and think about it. I mean, it's a driver's car. We have two incredible race car drivers. I've said this about Daniel all along, and I've said it about Ross for 
10 years that I've known him. I mean, these are, these are championship caliber talents. We just need to get them in a spot where they can shine. Darlington Raceway has announced a sponsorship extension with Southern 500 title partner Cookout. The opening race of this year's NASCAR Cup Series playoffs will continue to be known as the Cookout Southern 500 for the next several seasons as part of the multi-year agreement. This year's race is set for Sunday, September 4th, at the track, too tough to tame. And Homer Friesen Racing has announced that Jessica Friesen will return to the seat of the team's number 62 truck for the two dirt races on this year's NASCAR Camping World Truck Series schedule. Friesen is the wife of series regular Stuart Friesen and also competes in dirt modifieds in the Northeast. She'll make her first start of this season on April 16th at the dirt-covered Bristol Motor Speedway. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Justin Marks is here, fresh off a breakthrough victory for Team Trackhouse. And later, we hold our first Fast Forum of 2022. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Sunday at Circuit of the Americas, it was a brand new team winning in the NASCAR Cup Series. Trackhouse Racing, Ross Chastain at the controls, taking the checker flag of the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix at Coda. Joining us, the team principal, Justin Marks, is on NASCAR Live. Justin, welcome in. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing good. My feet haven't touched much of the ground last 24 hours. It's been, uh, it's been pretty awesome. Well, it was awesome to watch it happen. It was more interesting watching it develop. Uh, saw some video, obviously, watched it on TV, heard the description on the radio. Saw you standing behind the war wagon there. I guess when you when you pumped your fist and the guys started to get excited, that was when contact was made and then you jumped up on pit wall. What was that moment like knowing you were about to win your first cup race as an owner? Well, I mean, I've done this, you know, long enough and been in this sport long enough and a part of these races to know that, you know, when, when you do these green-white checkers, you do these these sort of dashes to the end at short tracks and road courses that, you know, a lot of times it really truly isn't over until the last corner. And, you know, desperation sets in and, and kind of just, you know, racecraft kind of goes out the window and it's sort of like who just wants it more at that point. So, you know, you could have thrown a blanket over all three of those guys with three corners to go. And, I mean, any three of them could have won the race or, heck, the fourth-place guy, you know. So, um so, I mean, for us, it was it was just waiting to see how Ross managed, you know, what happened in front of him, but how he, he managed those last couple corners. And obviously, how, I think he was trying to just push the 16 through there to, um, to try to get the 48 out of the way. Um, and, uh, you know, and those two got into each other. So I think that point where we all kind of realized it was our day was was, uh, you know, essentially when he cleared the 48 and had enough of a, enough of a cushion driving into that last corner to know that uh, if he just got through his shifts, we had the race one. So it's just you never know till it's over. We were speaking a moment ago. Your teams have speed, and you've had speed ever since Daytona. With this new car, a lot of conversations about will this level the playing field. The parity word has come up. I view this as this new race car and this season has provided opportunity for teams that perhaps maybe otherwise would not have had as big of an opportunity in the past. Is that a fair assessment? 
Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think that this car, uh, I think that success in this car um, exists in a little bit of a different form than in the past. I mean, I think for the last couple of decades, you know, speed on the racetrack performance has really been a, a function of, you know, engineering and ingenuity around parts and pieces and designing race cars and, and all that. And, and, you know, bringing sort of far superior equipment to the racetrack versus your, um, your, your colleagues. Well, now we all have the same stuff. So I think that the equity of success exists in a different form. I think that, you know, we're not we're not designing parts and pieces anymore. It's about workflow management. It's about culture. It's about obviously getting talented people and letting them do their jobs and, and you know, building a great team. And that's what that's what we're doing at Trackhouse is that, you know, everybody is really, really motivated and, and helping each other. Both race teams are working really well together. Everyone's got a very positive attitude. They're excited to be here. And I think in the past, you know, sometimes things like technology and budget could cover up deficiencies you have in your culture, right? I mean, you could, you could, you could create, you could in theory have a team that wasn't a very fun place to work, but still won a lot of races because you've had great engineering depth, you had a lot of money, you know, like kind of whatever it is, but I don't think that that's going to be the case anymore. I mean, you know, our team is small. We, we don't, I mean, like Penske and Hendrick and Gibbs and these, these play, these are much bigger teams enough. They have a lot of depth in engineering and in analytics and data and things like that, but we're just focusing on the fundamentals at Trackhouse. I mean, we, we, we've got this car that we're approaching with an open mind. Everybody's helping each other. And at the tip of the spear, we've got two race car drivers that are incredibly talented and incredibly hungry, and they're ready to make their mark in the sport. And I think that kind of sums it up for us. So when you look to bring people into the team, when you look to expand it or, or, or bring someone in, what are the traits, the personalities, the characteristics that you look for that say, you know what, that person would fit great here. That person would be good with what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we're that we're developing. I mean, we are still young and so we are still determining. I mean, you know, it's it's we haven't I mean, look, a huge percentage of our of our workforce here was at Chip Ganassi Racing. And so, you know, we haven't had the 128 people that we have aren't people that that we didn't interview, you know, they didn't walk through the door with their with their resumes. We had to interview and we had to go through that process. So, I mean, one of the things we talk about is hiring for attitude over aptitude, right? We talk about hiring somebody that is got the right attitude that's got the work ethic that's excited about what we're doing that is excited about the new car um, that likes the direction that nascar is going in i mean if somebody's got those traits um then i think that you know uh and obviously has the talent that we're willing to to train and let them get the experience here because uh it's important the attitude is important i mean i don't i don't want to hire the best whatever there is whatever position in the sport the, the person that was the best ever at that if they don't think the car is very the new car is really cool they don't like that we're putting dirt on bristol or they're kind of tired of the grind or like we don't want any of that stuff so we're so it's really talking you know, it's about hiring attitude over aptitude and, and just trying to make sure that we have a building full of very motivated and, and uh, positive people we mentioned a few moments ago that your cars have had speed ever since we pulled onto the property at Daytona to open the season. Now we've come from the West Coast swing. We've got our first road course race under our belt. Now we're going to go into a little short track swing. We've got Richmond, Martinsville, Bristol Dirt, back to Talladega. We get into the meat and potatoes. What do you think is a target-rich environment for track house racing coming up over the next few months? Well, I mean, I think I think it's probably not as much about identifying where those opportunities are as much as just continuing to learn about this car. And, and you know, now like we haven't been to a short track uh, uh, yet. So, um, so, I mean, there's a ton of unknowns about how this car is going to get around Richmond, how this car is going to get around Martinsville. I mean, you know, Bristol dirt. <laughs> it's like, um, who knows what's going to happen there? I mean, I, I feel like taking this car to Bristol dirt is like mud bogging an Indy car. But, um, but I mean, we, we have a... 
you know, we've got a lot of uh, we have a lot of unknowns ahead of us. So I think what's motivating Trackhouse right now is is to really, um, you know, try to try to be in a learning mode with these short tracks and, and try to understand what it's going to take to get these to get these car fast around these short tracks. But, you know, Richmond is, you know, Ross is very good at Richmond. Daniel had a great race at Martinsville last year before the wreck. Um, you know, so, I mean, I continue to believe that if we do our jobs and prepare well, we can go to any of these tracks and have a shot. And indeed, I think there's a lot of folks that agree with that, especially the muscle that was shown over the weekend on the road course at Coda. Appreciate you joining us. What a great story in 2022. A lot of folks get swept up talking about the big organizations that you mentioned, the Penske's, the Gibbs, the Hendricks, and all this, but Trackhouse Racing really carving out its own niche right now and joining that conversation. We wish you the best and always appreciate the time and the perspective. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Justin Marks. Trackhouse Racing, Ross Chastain, all victorious over the weekend. At Coda, coming up, another NASCAR Live Fast Forum as we continue through our Tuesday get-together. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. So glad you've joined us here on our weekly get-together. So glad our next two guests are with us as well. It's a NASCAR Live Fast Forum. Alex Hayden and Dave Moody join us. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having us, Mike. Michael, always a pleasure. Thank you, David. Thank you, Alex. Let's start with the most recent, the NASCAR Cup Series racing at Circuit of the Americas. Alex, your general takeaways from our first road course race of the year with the new car. Well, you know, and realistically, our first real look at racing NASCAR Cup Series cars at Circuit of the Americas, given the fact that last year when we did it, it was in the pouring down rain and high winds. I think we got our first real taste of it. It did not disappoint. Uh, NASCAR Cup Series racing on road courses in general seemed these days to not disappoint. Uh, great racing start to finish, good strategy, and fireworks at the end. I, I thought it was a success all the way around. Dave? Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, we were led to believe by the drivers that had done some testing on this new car that it was going to be much more nimble on road courses in particular than what we'd had before with a, a much beefier uh, brake package and, you know, the independent suspension uh, on the car that would, that would make it respond a whole lot better. I thought that uh, that Sunday's race really played to the ability of the driver on road courses. The guys that were really good were able to show their stuff. The guys that struggled a little bit displayed that too. I thought it had a little bit of everything. Taking out, and we'll get to the Ross Chastain, A.J. Allmendinger situation coming to the checkered flag, hearing from drivers that with these big wheels and these big brake packages, it is a later braking zone and a more aggressive braking zone. Dave, would you agree that perhaps maybe this car invites a little more aggressiveness out of some of these drivers, depending on the situation that they find themselves in? Oh, I would absolutely agree with that. And I, I think there's another factor as well, and that's these composite bodies. We saw more door-to-door contact, more, for lack of a better term, side slamming through the corners than we had ever seen before at, at 
Dakota or anywhere else, any other road course. And I think that comes down to the fact that a year ago or two years ago, they could not do that within without crushing a fender in on a tire and ending up on pit road with two or three or four flat tires and out of contention. Now, man, they can throw these bodies around at will. They can get away unscathed. And I think it has made for a much more aggressive package. I think you can add to that as well. The, the mentality of these younger racers, this is a win at all costs. And part of that is the format we have. They understand you get a win and you essentially guarantee your spot in the playoffs. Now, we haven't reached a point where we've had 16 or more winners as of yet. Uh, that being said, a win is a win, and it carries an awful lot, let alone be at your first career Cup Series win like we saw this past weekend. But what comes with that and an opportunity to race for a championship realistically? So I think the win at all cost plays a big factor into the way we're seeing these drivers race nowadays, not just at road courses, but I think at every racetrack we go to. All right, well, let's then jump to that. Last lap, you've got Ross Chastain, A.J. Allmendinger. Uh, Dinger moving Chastain off the course. Chastain getting back on the course and then into turn 19. Uh, basically starts shoving A.J. Allmendinger into the corner, but Alex Bowman was there and got collected as well. Alex, what did you think about what you saw there? Yes, yes, or yay, or no, or nay? Uh, yay, I, I thought it was good, hard racing. My thought process is... Almondinger is the one that made the initial contact. He's the one that moved Chastain out of the way first. Now, that's all fine, well, and good if you're A.J. Almondinger, but you better get away from that front bumper of Ross Chastain, point blank. If you're going to move him out of the way, knowing that there's a handful of turns remaining, you better expect it's coming right back at you. Uh, so I'm okay with it. Alex Bowman tried to capitalize on it. Unfortunately for Bowman, he was collateral damage between Almondinger and Chastain, but you know, that is hard racing, trying to get to the checkered flag first, in my opinion. And that's what separates NASCAR Cup Series racing from other forms of motorsport. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! greater things this year everyone plays a part be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing toyota let's go places nascar is a registered trademark of national association for stock car auto racing inc and it was not only was it hard racing but it was hard racing between a couple of drivers that were really in in a fairly deep state of desperation for various regions. AJ Allmendinger's not running for the championship in the Cup Series. He has absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain by being Mr. Aggressive in those final few corners. And need we even talk about Ross Chastain's story? You know, he's been uh, he's been promised the moon and then dropped on his helmet more times in his career than we can count. He's finally in with a with an organization like Trackhouse that looks like they're going to be able to take him toward the top of the mountain and for him to get his first cup series win and his organization's first cup series win there's not a lot of holding back going to be done there either so i love the fact that we had two drivers with nothing to lose and a third in alex bowman that's thinking just open the back door a little bit a little bit boys and i'm going to step through and disappoint both of you it was interesting to hear ross chastain though at talk after the race about he feels he has one coming should he though because the way i saw that Dinger moved him, and then Chastain moved Dinger, but the problem was the 48 car was there complicating the matter. 
if the 48 car isn't in the mix, I think Dinger just goes off the road course and Ross goes by and wins the race. Dave, should Ross be looking over his shoulder for the 16? He thinks he should. AJ thinks he should. And I think so too, Mike. And, and I get it that they were two very similar incidents, but the outcomes were wildly divergent. When AJ moved Ross, Ross went from first to second and obviously had a chance to rebound and still win that race. When Ross moved AJ, whether it was through his fault or not, AJ went from first to 33rd and and his day was effectively ruined with no chance to rebound and and walking away with a really bad feeling about what should have been a really good day so no matter how you run the numbers the end result is very different and and okay AJ Allmendinger is going to walk away with a bad taste in his mouth and we'll see what that produces down the road if I'm Ross Chastain though bring it let it happen. If you owe me one, bring it on. It doesn't take the fact away that he is a first-time NASCAR Cup Series winner. Now, I understand that there's a, a, a potential fear that it could happen should it be a playoff situation. I don't think it would get to that point. If he's going to be owed one, I think it'll happen before the playoffs. Um, but you know what? If I'm Chastain and, and somebody owes me one, hey, that's fine. I think he'd do it all over again. I think any driver that was on the racetrack that was in that scenario, they do the exact same thing. Dave Moody, Alex Hayden here with the NASCAR Live Fast Forum. We'll continue as we continue through our get-together. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Back on NASCAR Live, we continue with our NASCAR Live Fast Forum with Dave Moody and Alex Hayden. We just got done discussing the last lap shenanigans between A.J. Allmendinger and Ross Chastain. Let's bring in the owner into this. We heard from Justin Marks earlier in the show, and he gave us a little peek behind the curtain about how track house racing operates. He used a term called attitude over aptitude. And, Dave, I know you've had a chance to visit with Justin as well. It is an amazing group of people, largely from Chip Ganassi Racing, that he has assembled into track house racing but he has a very unique management strategy and tries to maximize the most out of all of his employees, not just drivers. What do you make about what Justin's been able to put together here in the last year and a half, two years? Oh, I, I think he's done a spectacular job. He, and I think Ty Norris gets a measure of the credit on this as well. Um, he reminds me, Mike, a lot of Coach Joe Gibbs. He reminds me a lot of Rick Hendrick in terms of he is very hands-on with his people. He, he approaches the, the personnel management side of his race team in a wide, wide variety of ways. He understands, and he and I have talked about this, that there are some people that respond well to a pat on the head, a pat on the back, an arm around the shoulder saying, it's going to be okay, and you have my confidence, and you're my guy. And there are other people that don't really respond to that but really fire up with a little kick in the pants saying, come on, dude, you're, you got to get, get the job done out here. Justin Marks is one of those guys that knows how to, uh, how to motivate his people. And he, he's got the same attitude inside the walls at Trackhouse that Coach Gibbs does at JGR. Mr. H does at Hendrick Motorsports. Those people will walk through fire for him. And for a team that didn't even exist 18 months ago, that's an amazing achievement. He's showing leadership skills 
that are just incredible because to to Dave's point there, uh, his employees, his drivers, everybody that works at track house racing will do whatever it takes to get results. So uh, the leadership ability that Justin Marks has is incredible. I, I think I can take it a step further and add to what everything Dave said, which I agree 100% with, is the fact that Justin Marks is a proven NASCAR winner himself. Uh, so he understands what it takes as a race car driver to get the job done, to be able to have to be aggressive or be a little more conservative on the racetrack. He understands that. And when you have a race team that you're building from the ground up with a lot of great people helping out and everybody rowing in the same direction, it helps that everybody can look at him with a different level of respect as well, knowing that he's grinded his way through it as a race car driver and been able to get results. He's tasted victory. So I think that there's a level of respect, I think, there across the board with this entire race team that understands they've got something special going on right now. And it's not just with Chastain. Obviously, Daniel Suarez is driving exceptionally well. Uh, Suarez is an Xfinity Series champion. I think Trackhouse Racing, whether we realize it fully at this particular stage, but early on into Trackhouse Racing now, whether they are not even a full year and a half into this deal, they're doing things a little bit different as far as how race teams are run, how they're operating, and how they're getting results. And it's really impressive to see what they're doing there. And I think it's going to cause a lot of people to start taking note, not just on the results on the racetrack, but more importantly, the results as an organization and as a business. Let's shift gears here, gentlemen. We're a six-pack in. We're six races in. We're getting ready for our first short track race of the year. Alex, who on your list of uh, surprises, track house racing excluded, obviously they've made some inroads. Outside of Ross Jastain, track house. Who has surprised you for the good? Who are you scratching your head about going into race seven this weekend? Well, I'll scratch my head first and end on a high note, if you will. To me, scratching my head a little bit would be Joe Gibbs Racing. They've just been on the struggle bus here a, a little bit, whether it's new car related, whether it's just the fact that this sport is cyclical, where you're going to be on the highest of highs at one point and be on the lower end of that, stick a, another week out of it or a handful of weeks. Right now, I'm a little uh, head concerning and scratching with Joe Gibbs Racing and their lack of ability to get the victory lane as of yet. And this goes back towards the end of last year. Uh, they struggled to get the victory lane in the last handful of uh, races of the 2021 season. On the flip side of that, I think my big surprise has been Chase Briscoe. Yeah, he won a race earlier this year uh, at Phoenix Raceway, but that doesn't necessarily paint the entire picture. I think Briscoe as a whole is a driver that's had that light bulb go off. He understands how to drive these race cars. He understands how to race these longer races now. I think Chase Briscoe is a, a bright light so far in the 2022 season. I would, uh, I would echo both of those thoughts. I would expand a little bit, maybe not just Joe Gibbs racing on the downside, but Toyota in general, with the exception of Kurt Busch, who's had a couple of pretty solid runs. It's been struggle bus city for the entire Toyota camp to the point where David Wilson a few weeks ago came out and said, listen, we just blew it on our particular setup for one of these races. We just missed it and it was embarrassing and we've got to do better. They have not righted the ship quite yet for sure. I agree wholeheartedly on Chase Briscoe. Um, he's run even better than he has finished. He has been for my money, 
without question, the best Stuart Haas racing driver of the bunch this year. And I'll give that that same kind of a, a broad call to the group that, w- that we've lovingly kind of coined the Kitty Core right now. It's been, what, 13 races since somebody over the age of 30 went to Victory Lane in the NASCAR Cup Series. And Tyler Reddick is not far away from his trip to Victory Lane. We mentioned Daniel Suarez. I think he's right on the cusp of going to Victory Lane. There are a lot of names in the top 10, 12, 16 playoff drivers right now that you didn't necessarily expect to see. And on the other side of the coin, there are some drivers that we sure did that are nowhere close right now. Brad Keselowski, we can talk about his issues. Denny Hamlin has just been an exercise in frustration this year. Kevin Harvick has been okay, but not much better than okay. So it's been a really interesting season. I will add one other driver to that list. Matter of fact, we're going to check in with him in this next segment. Kyle Larson buried 16th in points, three races in a row, 29th or worse. Dave, what do you make about the struggles of the defending series champion? I'm not sure what to make out of it, Mike, because it's been fairly recent that things have pitched downhill. If you'll recall, he was in or very close to the championship points lead three races or so into this season. And then all of a sudden, uh, they have just tripped and fallen face first in the mud. Uh, Three bad finishes in a row right now. Not necessarily three bad runs, but they don't don't hand out points for what you did early, or at least not many of them. Uh, It's where you finished, and the finishes just haven't been there of late. Perhaps maybe the gay can get things turned around this weekend at Richmond, which will kick off a very unique stretch of races, two paved short track races, a dirt short track, and a super speedway in Talladega. Alex, what do you make about three short tracks and a super speedway coming up here in the next month? I think it's just part of the eclectic schedule that is the NASCAR Cup Series. We find out who can compete at any style of racetrack. Uh, We've thrown a road course in there. We've had the a uh, unique one-mile track at Phoenix already. We've run Daytona. We've had a lot of different things, including the Bushlight Clash in the LA Coliseum. So I, I think this is going to be kind of the uh, the bow on the the type of racetracks we go to uh, on this tour because. If you had success on the bigger intermediate style tracks, then good for you. Uh, If you think you're a short track racing program, well, we're getting ready to find out if you really are or not with this new car. So I still think there's a lot of unknowns out there because we haven't been to these racetracks with this race car yet. So to me, I'm eyes wide open in this right now, waiting to see what's going to happen and what are we going to learn from it? Can't wait to see what those next steps are coming up this weekend at Richmond. Appreciate you both for joining us on our NASCAR Live Fast Forum. Coming up, we'll chat with defending champion Kyle Larson. He'll join us, and later we will look ahead to this weekend's racing at Richmond. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Back on this week's NASCAR Live, defending NASCAR Cup Series champion Kyle Larson has been one of the betting favorites to win every week so far this season. But things have just not worked out that way. Of late, things have been a struggle for the number 500cars.com team. Kyle is 16th in points, but he does have a win back at Auto Club Speedway 
our Dylan Welch sat down with Kyle to discuss where his team is at six races in. We'll start there, Kyle. I know not the uh, the finish ultimately that you wanted, but uh, you were up front for a little while and and then kind of got collected in a couple things. But uh, just evaluate if you can your your day down in Austin yesterday and and uh, how everything went for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I was pleased with um, the adjustments our team was able to make overnight. Um, we were not good on Saturday, you know, not good at all in, in practice, and then kind of went. Um, kind of the extreme other direction and qualifying and it didn't qualify as well as I'd hoped but like I said they made some good changes for the race on Sunday and I, I felt like we were competitive um, never really got to show for it I don't I don't think we were quite as good as you know Ross and Almondinger and uh, the eight car maybe Bowman as well in that category but I felt like you know, we were you know fifth to seventh place car on speed and um, I just did a, a really bad job on all the restarts and, and whatever track position I would have, I would I would make it worse. And then you let your frustrations kind of um, rise and then start making mistakes and just uh, didn't work out. So, um, you know, three bad races or three bad results in a row. But I, I feel like our, our team is... Um, we're close. We're really close. I feel like, you know, we're not far off from, from being really fast and just got to keep working hard and, and, you know, keep digging down deep to try and try and get better. We obviously raced it at Coda last year in, in much different conditions than what we had this past Sunday. Um, how would you kind of evaluate the racetrack and, and how it raced, um, you know, with these new cars, the, the first, first race on the road course for the next gen cars and, um, you know, kind of really the first race for you guys at that track uh, in dry conditions, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I thought it was a, a fun racetrack. I felt like, you know, there's a few heavy braking zones um, that you can make passes in. Um, there's some fun, flowy sections. Um, I ran better in the rain, so I liked <laughs> like that. But um, no, it, it was it was fun. I, you know, they repaved a lot of it. So, you know, it had, it had some decent grips and spots. Um, these cars are a lot of fun to drive because you can brake a lot deeper. You can, um, you know, accelerate a little bit better, stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I feel like every week this year has been pretty fun. I feel like the cars have raced pretty well. Um, and, and I think they've been able to put on good shows uh, for the fans watching on TV or at the racetrack. And we've obviously got a, a continuation of variety of racetracks coming up here the next few weeks with, with Richmond and then to Martinsville and then obviously the dirt at Bristol. But uh, up to this point, kind of through the, the first few races of the year, we've obviously seen this new car on a lot of different types of racetracks and, and kind of have covered most of the types of tracks that we're going to see this year. So what uh, what's your opinion on on driving it and, and how it's kind of reacted to all these different scenarios you guys have put it in here through the first six or seven weeks of the year? Yeah, it's been uh, honestly, it's been it's been way better than I anticipated. And I think a lot of us anticipated. I, I feel like, um, you know, I thought dirty air was going to be impossible. Like I thought being behind people was going to suck and um it it's been good it's been you know probably a little bit better than the previous car in my opinion 
Um, so I feel like that's allowed the racing to be good. You know, I think they feel really on edge. So like at some of the mile and a half we've been to our intermediate style racetracks, we've had to lift, um, which is fun for us. But then at the same point, like we can get big runs down the straightaways. So it's kind of been a good mix of, you know, the, the old lower ish downforce style cars, as well as the, the high downforce cars that we, you know, had last year on the intermediate. So, um, I've enjoyed it. I, I think the racing has been really good. And, and I think it's kind of showing in, in the ratings each week, they seem to be up from where they've been the last few years. Going to Richmond this weekend, obviously. Um, what are your opinions on that place and, and how you guys have, have kind of come to grips with it over the, the last year or so? Uh, well, so my career there, I somehow I have a win there. I don't know <laughs> how, but uh, it's to me, it's like it's up there with Martinsville of being one of my more difficult tracks. And um, 2017, we were decent enough to win. And um, every other time besides that, you know, I've been kind of just average. Uh, we were really bad there the first Richmond race of last season. Um, we made some good adjustments and, and got our car better for the for the next time we went. Uh, I can't remember where I finished, but I feel like I ran somewhere around seventh to tenth all race long, and that's that's pretty typical for me. Maybe a little bit better. Um, but going there with a new car, I, I don't know. I think I, I would hope that we're going to be better and, and be contending for the win. Um, I've been pretty happy with the short track stuff that we've you've been able to bring to the racetrack. I thought the Clash were really good. I thought, you know, Phoenix, if we could ever got better track position, we would have been good enough to win. So, you know, with that, I feel like we should hopefully have a decent car and decent piece for this weekend. Thank you, Dylan. Coming up, we'll preview this weekend's cup race at Richmond and later NASCAR coast to coast and its crew stops by. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We've seen racing at virtually every kind of track this season. We've seen multiple super speedway-style races, the intermediate tracks like Las Vegas and Fontana, now a road course in Coda over the weekend. But this weekend, we'll have our first true short track race of the year. What are the drivers expecting at Richmond? Chris Wilner has more. It's time to go short track racing. After NASCAR delivered a great show at the Winding Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, the sport heads back to its roots this weekend at the three-quarter mile short track Richmond Raceway. This season's been dominated by youth so far. 11 straight races dating back to the end of last season have been won by drivers under the age of 30. And Ross Chastain's win at Coda marked the third first-time winner of the season. Richmond, though, might see a return to prominence for the veterans. The last time we were here in September, one of those vets, Martin Truex Jr., found victory lane. In fact, Truex has won three of the last five races at Richmond. Checkered flag in the air, and Martin Truex Jr. wins the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway. Here he comes for the final time with a checkered flag in the air. All's well that ends well for Martin Truex Jr. Off turn four, checkered flag in the air, and Martin Truex Jr. wins the Federated Auto Parts 400 at Richmond Raceway. 
into turn number three, Martin Truex Jr. for the checkered flag. And moving on to round number two, off four and win number four on the season. Truex across the line, checkered flag flies, and Martin Truex has picked up the win in the Federated Auto Parts 400 at Richmond Raceway. Things will be different this time around in Virginia. Sunday marks the debut of the next-gen car at the racetrack. And one of 2022's first-time winners, Chase Briscoe, has always enjoyed Richmond. He thinks that it's possible this new car could see Richmond return to its former moniker, the Action Track. You know, Richmond, I don't really know what to expect. You know, I do think this car probably creates a little more grip than the old car does at places like Richmond. But, yeah, I honestly don't know what to expect when we go to Richmond. I think that we haven't really seen this car on a true short track. Yeah, Phoenix is a short track, but there's not a lot of tire fall-off, things like that, where Richmond, there's a ton of fall-off. So, you know, how does this car react to that? You know, things like that. It'll definitely be interesting, you know, just how this car, you know, plays into tire saving and guys going hard and things like that. I do think that this car, everywhere we go, there's a lot of comers and goers. You have guys that are extremely good on the short run, guys that are good on the long run, and this car really, you just are constantly changing positions. One of the things that makes Richmond so difficult is how the worn-out surface chews up the tires. Corey LaJoy thinks that wear could even be more pronounced with the new car. I think you'll see the delta from new tires to old tires be more, uh, just because you're relying so much on that extra, I believe it's an inch and a half wider tire patch to make speed early in the run. And then if you're relying that much more on the, on the tires for short run speed, then you're gonna give up more on the back end of the run. And you're gonna be pedaling, man. Richmond is a place where you can't even get wide open on the front straightaway later in the run. So I think that's what the drivers enjoy. Hopefully, the, the, I think the tires that Goodyear's been taking to all these tracks, especially you know Phoenix and Vegas, we're starting to actually see some marbles like we haven't seen in a couple of years, we've seen more of like rubber dust as opposed to marbles. So hopefully that kind of lays some rubber down on the racetrack and it makes it wide um, as opposed to just one lane racetrack. And AJ Allmendinger is back in the Cup Series for a second straight weekend with Colleg Racing. Allmendinger's experience with the composite bodies of the Xfinity Series makes him the perfect person to ask if a new composite body on the Cup car could lead to even more beating and banging on short tracks. You know, the short tracks remain to be seen it's looked like at so far these races where if you do kind of get in the wall the car takes it in one way on the body side of it but with the suspension i think it's they're a little bit more sensitive so you can't just kind of beat and bang off each other and, and know it's going to be okay because it seems like it's a lot easier to have contact and, and do some suspension damage one thing is for sure this weekend is sure to provide an exciting triple header will the youth movement continue well we'll find out sunday at the toyota owners 400 and mrn will provide flag to flag coverage starting at 2 30 p.m the toyota owners 400 is the main event of the weekend but this weekend starts a huge month of april for the nascar xfinity series the toyota care 250 is the first Xfinity Dash for Cash race of the season. Last week's winner, A.J. Allmendinger, will be joined by Austin Hill, Noah Gregson, and Sam Mayer. They will compete for a $100,000 bonus. The highest finisher of those four drivers gets that extra cash. The bonus will also be up for grabs at upcoming races at Martinsville, Talladega, and Dover. You'll hear all four of those races right here on the Motor Racing Network. Coming up, the NASCAR Coast to Coast crew will stop by and preview a big weekend for the Wheeland Modified Tour. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. It's a big triple header weekend at Richmond, and the Wheeland Modified Tour gets things going with the Virginia Is for Lovers 150 Friday night. NASCAR Coast to Coast hosts Kyle Ricky and Chris Wilner are here with a deeper look at the action. Chris Wilner and Kyle Ricky joining you to talk a little bit NASCAR Wheeland Modified Tour Series action. Yes, it's a big NASCAR weekend, of course, at Richmond Raceway, as it always is each and every year. But the schedule gets beefed up a little bit with the Wheeland Modified Tour back again for the second time after a 20-year hiatus. Kyle Ricky, it's a big time. Anytime the Wheeland Modified Tour visits a NASCAR weekend and... It's a marquee event when you talk about the number of drivers that appear, the money that's involved, and obviously a big crowd when it comes to NASCAR weekend. And a big stage. It's always good and, and healthy for these teams to race in front of the national teams of NASCAR. Obviously, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, the NASCAR Cup Series will wrap up the weekend on Saturday and Sunday, but it's NASCAR's oldest division, NASCAR's only open-wheel division, um, that that's going to headline the events on, on Friday night. And, and in a, it is a very healthy field. You mentioned the number of drivers, 31 on the entry list looking to take the green flag in the Virginia is for racing lovers 150. The ground pounders, as they call them, it's been a, like Kyle said, a marquee division, uh, the only open wheel division under the NASCAR banner. Kyle, we don't have Ryan Priest in this year's entry list. So opens the door, right, for a number of drivers to uh, pick up a big win. Yeah, a couple of big names not on the entry list this weekend. No Ryan Priest, who won there last September. No Doug Kobe, who has been such a, a standout on the Modified Tour over the last decade and a half. No Matt Hirschman, who has been on, on fire lately in, in the South and obviously won the, the season opening race at the New Smyrna Speedway back in February. But there are a lot of names that are looking to, to take the spot of those guys, including uh, John McKennedy, second at Richmond a year ago. He has been Mr. Consistency on the tour over the last couple of seasons, finishing runner-up in the championship standings just two years ago. Good top five effort to start the year at the New Smyrna Speedway. I look for John McKennedy and that 79 team to run well. Obviously, Justin Bonsignor uh, looking to rebound not only at Richmond, but also on the modified tour after a tough start to the season. 24th a year ago at the Richmond Raceway after losing a drive shaft early in the event. The, won the championship, so thankfully that result didn't, uh, didn't uh, slow him from winning the title, but then finishes 31st to start this season at the New Smyrna Speedway after overheating. So he has a bit of a hole to climb out of. I like Bobby Santos the third and at Tineo Motorsports number 44 team. They always run well on the big racetracks. Bobby has found so much success at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, and this is a track that might be comparable uh, for Bobby. And Donnie Leah driving old blue. We have not seen Donnie on the NASCAR wheel and modified tour since 2017, driving that fame number three car for the Bowler Racing family. Another driver that likes these big tracks, that likes to utilize the draft. And I look for him to be a, a factor as well come Friday night. So a ton of drivers in the field to keep our eyes on for sure. It's the Virginia is for lovers 150 kicking off the NASCAR weekend here. The Toyota NASCAR weekend at Richmond Raceway coming up Friday night. You can catch the coverage live on the Motor Racing Network beginning at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Mike, it should be a good one. We'll send it back to you. Thank you, gentlemen. You can listen to new episodes of NASCAR Coast to Coast each week, wherever you download your favorite podcast or on MRN. Com. Be sure to join us this Thursday for another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open. If you've already subscribed to NASCAR Live, you'll automatically get it. If you haven't, you can get it wherever you download your favorite podcast. Don't forget, we'll have NASCAR Live Race Day, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. 
Be sure to check us out there as we go day racing at Richmond Raceway. Our thanks to Justin Marks and Kyle Larson for joining us. Also, our thanks to Dave Moody and Alex Hayden. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we'd like to thank you for joining us. We'll meet you right back here next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Until then, so long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.